It's time for the Friday Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Hit the guys up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Now, with your Friday Rush, here's Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. All you fans, and again, player, parents, everyone, just understand, give it a little bit of time, and you're going to see this is just a little bump in the road. There's not one guy, one person in the history of this program that's bigger than the program. Coach Switzer, myself, or Lincoln Riley. And what I told the players is they are the program. Players throughout these decades, they are OU football. On a football Friday, we are the Rush, live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. And when we say we're the home of Sooner fans, well, we mean it, but we really meant it today. Bob Stoops joined us for 40 minutes today. Happy birthday to him. He has a really cool golf tournament out here today. And uh, we are out here. Uh, the Bob Stoops Champion Foundation. Did you say it's raised over $2 million? $2.1 million. Wow. Uh, don't sell them short uh-huh. now. Okay, $2.1 million. Barry Switzer is involved now. And uh, what's the best way that they can get involved? Uh, you can uh, make contributions uh, at the website, hbcchampionsfoundation.com, or email championsfoundation.outlook.com. And, and, and this is benefiting... Uh, you know, a bunch of different foundations. You got United Way in Norman, the OU Children's Hospital, uh, Bethany Children's Health Center, uh, Center for Children and Families. You you get you're you're starting to get the picture, right? Um, very much centered around children's health because uh, that's what he's passionate about. If you uh, were tuned into the segment, you know he was he was telling stories about going and visiting the children's hospitals, um, and uh, you could tell it's something that remains very important to him. Here's the deal, people. It's five o'clock on a Friday. And a lot of you are going to a college football game tomorrow in Norman, Oklahoma. And if you're not, you're sitting around and watching OU, and you're going to check out a ton of college football tomorrow. We all get to see Texas get embarrassed by Alabama. Come on, 5 o'clock on a Friday. Got to be all the good vibes heading into a college football weekend. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to parlay that good feelings on into the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. I think we all think OU's going to handle Kent State tomorrow. So let's look at things this way. I really want to see more of blank tomorrow. And what I mean by blank is a specific player that you want to see out on the field more. Maybe you saw a little bit of him in game one. Maybe you didn't see him at all. Who do you want to see more out of tomorrow against Kent State? And uh, for me, I mean, I picked Jaden Gibson to be the leading receiver this year. Not looking too good after week one. Yikes. You're hoping that's backloaded. It's going to have to be backloaded, <laughs> much like Marquise Brown in the uh, – 2017 season but for me it's it's just that because i i think once you see him on the field it's just going to be wow this kid is a physical freak he might be a little bit different than most freshman wide receivers yeah i'm going to jaron connect when you when you see him kind of almost cartwheel to get around a would-be blocker just the physical traits there you know I, I, of course i do say you know you know, that, that Mike position, you don't want to throw a true freshman out there for a ton of snaps, but 
man, he just pops off the field. So uh, give me Jaron. Let's see. Javante Barnes is all over the text line right now. Oh, rightfully yeah. so. I mean, how could you, how could you not be excited to see more of him? All Brent Venable said this week is, well, when he rumbles by the sideline, you can feel the earth shake, like when Adrian Peterson was running the ball back that's in about, the day. That's about as high of praise as you can he, get no, from a coach. No, seriously. Could he have said anything nicer about Javante Barnes no. than saying when he runs by the sideline, the earth shakes like when Adrian Peterson ran by? I don't know what's nicer than that. I really don't. Yeah, that's, so, that's, that's that. like I said, that's the highest praise that they no pressure, Javante. That's all I'll say. No pressure. Uh, Daniel Parker is there. Yeah. Yeah, he's over the sniffles. He had the sniffles, according to Brent which, Venables. Which is one of those things. You don't want to you don't want to alarm anybody by saying, Oh, he you know, he had uh, you know, this, that or the other. But I'm not sure if Daniel Parker uh, you know, likes the sniffles on because it makes him seem like kind of a wimp. I and he it is seem like kind of and he takes pride in, in yeah. being that big blocker. It doesn't seem like a guy that would be left out because of the sniffles. Yeah, his style of play is not one that he wants to be labeled soft. No, uh, no. Maybe Brent strategically did that. Yeah, maybe you, know? you need to. Maybe you need to send a message to him. But I'll tell you what, you get you get a guy like Marcus Major's physical running style, or even Javante's physical running style, behind you know Daniel Parker and Braden Willis. Yeah, well, Lord. and I think that that's going to be a pleasant surprise for a lot of fans. Is you know, when you're evaluating the best parts of this football team going into the year, you start with quarterback or running back or wide receiver, whatever. But not a whole lot of people said the tight ends, I think, could be a real strength of this team. We saw week one what Braden Willis can do. We equaled his touchdown total all from last year. In, in a just, half. In just one half, right? <laughs> and we haven't seen Daniel Parker yet. But I can tell you what Daniel Parker brings to the table. He is a physical type of tight end, a blocking tight that they haven't had here in a while and that's not a diss towards OU they just wanted certain guys at that tight end position that's fine it's seemingly it's worked out he's just a different type of player than what they've had I think we're going to find out pretty quick that oh dang we did not evaluate how strong OU is at tight end and normally that's meant one guy but they're going to have two really good players at that at that spot this year yeah and I think I think a lot of it comes down to the play calling what we saw was a run-heavy offense uh, in week one. I believe we had 36 carries, only 21 passes. So uh, with those rushing attempts, I think you're going to see opportunities for for the blocking. I mean, I think when uh, Daniel Parker Jr. Uh, transferred, you know, everybody rushed to his Twitter. And I think the most recent video uh, on his Twitter was him just just pancaking dudes. And, and that's he had listed number one blocking tight end in the country. Uh, in his Twitter bio, he takes pride in it. And if you can get guys that are that size that take pride yep. in blocking downfield, yep. it's a recipe for success. Uh, I want to see some booty. Yeah, I know a lot of you want to see General Booty tomorrow. Well, if uh, well, uh, if there's a strong gust, uh, there's a chance you might see some <laughs> oh, on the patio hey, right yeah, now. Yeah, come on. <laughs> because because uh, the kilts of the uh, bagpipe uh, bagpipers outside, um, <laughs> they definitely. Uh, as they walked by, I was like, those are guys in kilts. I yeah. I didn't – Bob was on, and I got distracted. Uh, Nick Anderson, I really want to see more of Nick Anderson. You know, he um, – throw him in there with that group with Jaden Gibson, man, because it seemed like every single scrimmage that they had throughout the fall or throughout summer or whatever was, yeah, Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson. It wasn't really ever just Jaden Gibson. It was always Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson. 
we know he has the bloodline to be a really good player um, at this level, right? A little brother of uh, right. Rodney Anderson. And it sounds like, much like Jaden Gibson, he's just a big receiver that can go up and get the football. Yeah, it, it seemed like wide receivers were almost – um, discussed in pairs, right? You had the talented freshmen and you had the talented transfers um, with L.V. Bunkley-Shelton, uh, J.J. Hester, hailing from the 918, of course, uh, transfer from Missouri, and then, of course, uh, LVBS from Arizona State. Those guys can play, too. The thing is, as, you know, as, as the rotation kind of gets set and you start to feature Marvin Mims a little bit more, deeper into ball games, things like that, where do we see those? Where do we see those targets kind of shake out? Uh, because I think this kind of looks like okay. Once you know Drake and Marvin and and uh, Theo and all those guys are gone, it seems we're just extremely well set up for the future. Gavin Freeman also on the list. Yeah, I'm right there as well. Um, I hey, if they want to run, they want to let him run the ball again. That's fine. I'll, I'll take that play that we saw on Saturday. I'm interested to see him run some routes let's see him how well he you know gets into open space how how well he can separate from a defender and i, I want to see him in the pass game essentially yeah. uh, and, and i don't doubt that he's going to be really good in the pass game i don't question that at all but might he be a guy that we haven't evaluated as really difficult to tackle in the open field but he's really difficult to tackle in the open field because one of the big things that i wanted to see last week going into the game is man i need to see these skill players as a whole, but I need to see these receivers get yards after the catch. I didn't see that last year, you know? Like, that, that was, that's been a big part of the OU offense in the past is, man, they've, they've gotten yards after catch, man. They, they get the ball out in open space, and they really make you pay. No wide receiver did that better than Gavin Freeman last week. Yeah. So I'm interested to see if in the middle of the field, if you line him up in the slot, can he be a guy that gets you a ton of yards after catch? Maybe so. Well, and Theo had that uh, great play down the sideline where he got a bit of that that yak as well but i think what's key with that is so often you think of you know yards after catch having to do with strength it's just strength and sure it takes a lot of strength and toughness to do that but something i brought up earlier was balance having the balance in order to have somebody hit you spin all the way around and still keep your footing and keep charging ahead and then stiff arm going up you, you have to have impeccable balance, and, and I think uh, I think we're seeing that early. We let off the show today with what success looks like against Kent State, and throughout the past you know couple of hours, we've listed off a ton of different things that we want to see. But you've got to narrow it down to just one. What's the one thing you want to see from this football team tomorrow that maybe you wanted to see last week, you're looking to see this progress moving forward? Just, just one, one area. One thing. I think a... I think a couple deep ball connections. Uh, I, I know we tried to start the game with one. Uh, I know we're getting that yak and we're getting the ball. I, I want I want to see, uh, you know, a home run ball uh, to whether it's Julio Farouk, whether it's Theo, whether it's Marvin Mims, whether it's your guy Jaden Gibson, yeah. anything. I want to see go up 50-yard or something like that, just like we saw from uh, – uh, Stephon Diggs last night. I want to see somebody blow by a defensive back. Fall down and, and still catch it? Fall, yeah. Well, don't fall down. I don't want you to be down. Can't quite get away with that in college, but fall down in the end zone as you catch it. That'd be fine. Yeah, look, I, I could take the easy one here and just say I want to see the offensive line be more clean, and I think we all do, but I'm going to go with something else, and it's going to be the exact flip of what you just said. I love it. Yeah, more deep balls. I don't care who it's to. Mims, Farouk, whoever it is, just want to see the deep ball more active. I want to see this defense, man. I want to see this defense, these corners, 
get on one-on-ones down the field, and they're getting PBUs. Guys aren't getting behind the defense because I believe Kent State's going to take some shots. Oh yeah, far now they're going mean, to. That, that, that's their that's their offense. That's mm-hmm. that's what they do. Now you can limit that a little bit, but they're going to take some chances down the field. I want to see OU's corners, OU safeties, whoever, be matched up with some of these receivers from Kent State and win those one on ones. Because I'll tell you right now, their best player is that Dante Cephas kid at wide receiver. He, he's guy. a good player. He'll play in the NFL. I'm not telling you he's going to be a first round draft pick. He's he's a really good wide receiver. I want to see OU win one-on-ones against a guy like that because right. that early on in the season is going to be a pretty good little test as to what you are in the secondary. Yeah, he made up for uh, over half their receiving yards uh, in their last game, uh, I believe uh, over 100 receiving yards. He's a 6'1 guy from Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, talented guy and definitely going to – uh, put a little bit of stress on that back end. Uh, a, a couple kind of, kind of in that uh, in that defensive mindset. Two out of the last three text messages we have just say turnovers, turnovers. We were so close, so and close. Bo- Coach Bob Stoops mentioned it. Man, we had we had to get our hand on maybe seven, eight footballs, and you got to bring those in. You know, Danny Stutzman had one. You know, you've got Billy Bowman. The first play of the game yeah. gets his hands on yeah. some. Got to start squeezing those. Yeah, you know, we've been talking about turnovers around here for like five years Good now. Just Lord. waiting for them we to come in bunches. We want them. We're so close. That, they'll, they'll definitely happen. Um, and with this pass rush as well that some people question, but I thought for the most part was pretty good last week. Yeah, they'll, they'll start oh, they'll yeah. start happening. Maybe uh, Casey Thompson will throw you a couple in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. They're not uh, they're not going to lose tomorrow, right? Nebraska? They're like a 21-and-a-half point favorite. I mean – they mess. Do you put it past them? Well, and, and that's the thing is, some people would say, "Come on, they're a three touchdown favorite against Georgia Southern." I, I hear you, but it was like a tie game in the third quarter with North Dakota. I remember South Dakota, or it was uh, North Dakota last week is who it was. I remember on the Air Comfort Solutions text line when I was uh, saying what little faith I had in Scott Frost. Everybody came out saying, "Oh, come on, Travis." You don't remember him at UCF, man. Guy went undefeated. You did get crushed Guys, that day. I got crushed wow. for saying. To, was that the day before they lost? Yes, to, uh, to Northwestern. Northwestern. Yes, oh. it was the day before. Oh. And I'm like, look, I I just have no faith in Scott Frost. I don't think he's a good coach. And I got lit up on the Air Cover Solutions text line. And let me tell you, let's let let's ask that again. Anybody want <laughs> anybody want to stump? Nobody. Anybody want to stump for uh, Scott Frost right now, who I almost mean, lost to North Dakota and did lose to Northwestern? He's a dead man walking. We did have a uh, Nebraska fan walk in here while we were talking about Nebraska early on in the show when she was doing her "Go Big Red," but she even had her head down while she was doing it. She was still a little bit embarrassed to be yeah. talking about Nebraska. Stripe the stadium tomorrow. It always looks good. Um, it's never been done poorly, I don't think, unless I'm totally missing a year where people are like, what are you talking about, moron? In 20-whatever, it looked bad. It feels like whenever they do the stripe the stadium, it looks pretty good. I'm going to guess that's going to be the case yeah, tomorrow. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Notre Dame home game, we were striped as well. Yep, 2012. Um, so that, we stri- was that the first time they ever did it? We were striped as well, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, the first time I remember. Um, but uh, it was striped, made for some of the best photos uh, the American flag stretched across yeah. the field, those stripes, the fireworks, still one of the best photos of the stadium. I, I use it often. So uh, if you do need uh, some uh, some red, if you're going to be in a red section, or some white, uh, stop by the pro shop here uh, at Jimmy Austin. They've got fantastic stuff, some great-looking uh, clothes, and not even if you're a golfer. They've got awesome hats, visors, uh, the bucket hats that you know keep the neck from getting crispy from the sun. Uh, those are always good. I 
didn't I, I didn't wear my bucket to the last game, and I definitely uh, um, needed it. Or Balfour of Norman on Campus Corner. It's going to oh, be yeah. right there as well. Well, and you can and you can go by there and say hi to uh, uh, Teddy and Toby, and then uh, Steely. Yep. Uh, in the in the afternoon, and guys, you got to join us if you're going to be in Norman. There is nowhere else to be than on Campus Corner. Pop into Balfour or come hang out with uh, Parker uh, in the about noon. Parker Thune at noon and. Yeah, he's going to have a lot of special guests. Yeah, well, and that's the cool thing about – one of the cool things about our pregame show is you can come by, like, get a koozie, get a T-shirt. Who knows what else you're going to be able to get throughout the course of this year right? we'll bring. But you never know who's going to show up. Jordan Evans was on with us last week. Jackson Arnold, five-star quarterback commit for OU, is going to be there tomorrow. Two other four-star commits for OU going to be there tomorrow. We've got a special guest, Tom George, uh, quarterback coach here locally, who lit it up last time he was on. Yeah. He's supposed to come by. He's had some experience with Dylan Gabriel, who's a cool dude, knows what he's talking about when he's coming to football. He's going to join us tomorrow. So it's just it's, – it's, it's, it's awesome, be. man. It's the place to be. And, and what we are trying to do and what we're trying to create is we don't want to just do that for home games. We want to do that for road games too. We want to create an environment to where if you're going to an OU game, whether it's in Norman or Tuscaloosa or Dallas, whatever – you say to yourself, I want to go hang out with the ref. Before the game, after the game, both, whatever. I want to go hang out with the ref. Those are my guys. They got the best Sooner coverage. Let's go hang out with them. That's what we're trying to create here. That started last week. It continues into Saturday, tomorrow, and then our first road trip in Lincoln, Nebraska, coming up in uh, eight days, which, God, I cannot wait for that trip. Oh, it's gonna I be cannot. So much fun. Never have seen a game in Lincoln, and I'm so ready for that. I think it's going to be an incredible experience, man. Yeah, I, I couldn't be more excited either. Obviously, uh, those of us that were up in the College World Series got a little taste of Omaha, so I'll uh, be returning to some of uh, my favorite spots from those two weeks. Uh, but really excited to see that stadium, see it rocking. And uh, one of my buddies actually taking a train there from uh, Denver. He's going up to Denver. Huh. Paul Doobie taking a train. What a got name. a sleeping car. Oh, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's taking a train and uh, – doing the whole experience 405-651-3439 is the air comfort solutions text line more sooner football on the other side we'll get you ready for this ou kent state matchup coming up tomorrow at 6 p.m keep it locked on the ref for the homeless sooner fans talking sooner football is what we do this is the ref Football Friday, final hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, live from Jimmy Austin OU Golf Course, where the Jimmy has presented us basically everything today. Uh, Bob Stoops on with us for 40 minutes last hour. Bagpipes, uh, a great setup of food. I, it's kind of got everything going on at the at the Jimmy today. The text line is like, turn the bagpipes up in the background. We can barely hear it. <laughs> Bagpipes is a pretty cool sound out here, i, I got to say. Yeah, and uh, home of, uh, obviously, Oklahoma Golf, the number four team in the country. Yep. Uh, according to the coaches poll, had a great showing uh, uh, this week. And, uh, yeah, the ended up with the uh, runner-up uh, finish. Uh, they were ranked number nine all the way up to number four now again. Uh, freshman Jay Summy posted the best debut in program 
history. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. They'll be a force just, for a while. They just keep reloading, man. And uh, I think Bob said that Nate Hibble was out here earlier today, or, or is out here. I'd like to see Nate and see what he, he's He's been in the Atlanta area for a while. I think he's in the restaurant business is what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nate Hibble, Rose Bowl MVP, I should say. Yeah, there you so, go. There you go. That's a, that's a pretty cool distinction there. His last game ever at OU, he was the Rose Bowl MVP. Hey, Pierce has been doing an awesome job for us back in studio. And before we run down these games, we got to let Pierce lead us off here. Pierce, uh, can you give us an OU Kent State final score and then follow that up with the Texas Alabama final score, please? Man, OU Kent State, I think is is uh, you guys are more expecting a blowout than I am. You know, Uh-oh. I feel Uh-oh. like I feel go. like <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't uh, too impressed with the defense late in the game last week. So I think Kent State. When all the put true up... freshmen were running around, yeah, yes, me neither. exactly. Um, I think OU's going to win 52-14. to 14. Oh, that's a cover, well, right? How is that not a blowout, man? Well, no, hold on, not a blowout. I'm, I'm saying give more respect to their – they'll score some. You know, people are expecting a shutout. The text line wants a shutout. I don't well, think a shutout's not, coming. Yeah, well, the text line, they're they're drinking a little bit earlier That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fair. What you know, they good for that Friday half day. Yeah. They got the Friday half day. Right. Um, all right, 52-14, I'm down. I think that's a cover. I cannot do math on the fly yes, like that. Yeah. It is? Okay. Yeah. Um, it's 38. Tech, okay, hey, here's the question, Pierce. What's more lopsided? Your OU Kent State score or your Texas Alabama score? I know a lot of listeners aren't going to like this. I think Texas makes this a close game. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, like, I've been thinking <laughs> about right. it a lot this week. and at Where's first, I, <laughs> At first, I thought it was going to be a blowout, but the more I keep thinking about it, you know, it's in Texas. You know, Quinn Ewers looked where, pretty solid know, where, last where week. Where Kansas won? Yeah, man. In Texas where Kansas <laughs> won? Yeah, you're right. Go ahead. What was the next I, I think I think they're going to cover. I, I think it'll be kind of close going into the second half, but it, it won't be like a competitive game, but relative to the 20-point line, it will be, if that makes any sense. All right. I am um, – I've been sticking with the 45-10 final score for OU Kent State all week weekend long. Yeah, I'm week going long. I'm going uh, 48-14. Okay. So we're all kind of in that same room. Yeah, like I and I th- and I would take any of those scores. By the way, um, I'm more They're concerned all covers. When, when I'm hearing your score or I'm hearing Pierce's score. Like I'm mostly interested in what you think Kent State is going to do offensively. Pierce says 14, you say 14, I say 10, and I think any of those three would equal success defensively. Now, not all 14 points look the same. Maybe Kent State, you know, fumbles the ball around and. You know, they have some missed opportunities, but I, I think for the most part, if you hold this offense to under 14, po- 14 points or under, I think you can consider that a pretty good day. Because here's the thing, man, is would we like this defense to be top five and hold opposing offenses to 8.9 points per game? Yeah, but we don't need them to do that. You know, I mean, if you can hold almost everyone to just 14 points, like, OU's going to win a lot of football I'd rather be year. top five in scoring margin. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean that's the thing. It's you're, you're playing complimentary football, and when you're scoring so much, man, you're giving them a lot of possessions. This isn't a situation where OU, you know, is going to grind out an army-esque twenty-play drive that takes a whole quarter, and you know the other team's just not going to get the ball. This is, this isn't that kind of offense. This kind of offense lends itself to a lot of possessions for the opposition. That is going to eventually turn into points. So, uh, Yeah. Al- Alabama-Texas, I'm going to go in the neighborhood of Alabama 56, and I'm going to go Texas 21. So i got a 35-point win for I, – I, look, 
you can you can sell me a little bit on Texas having some offensive success. Some offensive success, right? I mean, Bama's defense is really good. They can have some, but that's it. You can't convince me of Texas slowing down Alabama. Alabama has, at worst, the second-best offense in college football. Texas has a god-awful defense. That's really the reason why they were 5-7 and seven last year, UT. Yeah. They couldn't stop anybody. They couldn't even stop Kansas. I don't know how they're going to stop Alabama tomorrow. Guess what? They're not going to stop Alabama tomorrow. No. Bama wins 56-21, mark it down, lock Lock of the century. This guy says 100 to nothing. I like that even better. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'll go, uh, I'll go 48-17. So very similar, uh, very similar to my OU score. Uh, I do think the difference in, you know, talent on the teams, uh, difference in coaching, everything, is similar uh, to the OU and Kent State matchup. So I'm going to go 48-17. I think we saw what – I mean, look at the look at the Georgia Oregon game. I mean, who would win heads up between Oregon and Texas? I think a lot of us would pick Oregon, Oregon in that game. Yeah, Oregon, Oregon yes. would be Oregon favored heavily would. in that game. Yes, and they just got beat forty nine to three by Georgia. I think Alabama and Georgia are in such their own level that at least right now, I know Ohio State probably get there. You, you talk about teams like Oklahoma and Clemson that you know have a lot of new. Uh, and maybe they can they can grow into that. But right now, in the current state, with Quinn Ewers, he's he's too. Cor- he, I know it's his technical second season, but he didn't see the field last year. And this is his second game, and it's his first game against somebody with a pulse. And by the way, that pulse is Nick Saban coming off a year where they didn't win a title. And uh, yeah, ouch. Arizona State at Oklahoma State, six thirty on ESPN two, OSU minus eleven and a half. Tell me if this is dorky or not. I did this last night. Probably. We were out at the garage Thursday night in well, Midtown, like we always are. Yep. And there was a group of Arizona State uh, Arizona State fans that were there. And I walked up to their table and I said, "I hope you win." by 21 points on Saturday, and I hope you beat USC by 35 points whenever you play them. And all they said was, oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I don't think that they understood why I wanted them to beat USC by 35 points. I mean, I know that they don't care about football out in the, out on the West Coast or in the Pac-12, but I thought that that was one of the easy ones, and they could easily put together why a random guy in OKC would want them to beat USC by 35 points. But I don't think that they understood yeah. what I was putting down there. We've got a uh, we've got a text uh, from 479. Nothing good for OU comes out of Texas getting beat by Bama. Uh, several good things could come out of it for OU if Texas wins. This is if we beat them down at the state fair. Am I crazy for hoping Texas wins? Yes. Yes. Yes, you are. Well, yes, you I are. mean, like wh- we have multiple, multiple targets, recruiting targets that are going to be visiting Texas this weekend. Cecilia Connor, four-star edge yeah. player of the Marcus state of Utah, gonna be is going to be there. Marcus Steele. And here's be the there. thing. I, I am not a believer that OU ever needs any help from anybody else. We don't need Texas to be highly ranked whenever we beat them. At the state fair, that, that that's that's what Texas Tech thinks. That's what Baylor thinks. They need everybody else to be a lot better to help our strength schedule. I'll tell you what: if we beat Oklahoma State, if we beat Baylor, if we beat Kansas State, if we take care of business ourselves, we don't need to, Texas can be in the dumps. We've seen yeah. this for the last decade. Here's the reality: is I hope the Texas win side and I hope the Texas lose side could present five facts each as to why their side should happen tomorrow. What OU fans should root for. But it doesn't matter. 
You don't root for your rival. No. This is college football. Your most man. hated rival. Never. You... I don't care the situation. Don't ever root for the And here's the thing. Texas. Right now, Texas is getting kids that ca- they get highly rated recruiting classes, sure. But their their recruiting classes are filled with kids that love attention and love brand and love checks for just existing. That's what the tech that's what Texas is getting right now because they sure as hell aren't getting winners because why would you go to why would you go to Texas to win anything? So Oklahoma, on the other hand, is going after kids who care about winning. So once Texas starts attracting kids who care about winning, then they'll actually start winning. I want them to get a bunch of prima donnas that were problem children at other schools that they take everybody's scraps, the the Jai Halls and all this that are getting into trouble already, and now they're going to trot them out there and say, "All right, good luck." No, we we want Bama to win. We want them to embarrass our biggest rival because here's the reality let's flip it let's say alabama's coming to norman this weekend you think texas fans are rooting for ou to win that game of course not no rule number one guys all right let's write this down whatever we need to do you never root for your biggest rival ever this is college football and also never root for your biggest also rival. i'm hearing i'm hearing this a lot uh, specifically on facebook um man could you imagine how crazy it would be OU Texas, if Texas beats Alabama, I'm sorry, but were any of you there last year? Texas went five and seven. It was it was the most raucous environment that I've ever been in yeah. at OU Texas. It was absolutely insane. When Kennedy Brooks walked it off, I had to sit down because I was getting weak in the knees from screaming. So the idea that we need Texas to be ranked highly in order for that game to be electric, no. You don't remember who you are, OU fans yeah. who think that you're a blue blood. You're right. Act Texas like Tech needs Act Texas like to be really good. Texas Tech needs OU to be really good. You're Oklahoma. You don't need Texas to be really good to make the college football playoff. Uh, Texas was 5-7 and seven in 2015. OU lost to that Texas team in 2015. Guess what? They still, still made, the, made the college football playoff. And not as a four seed, by the way. At least I don't think that they were a four seed. They were safely in to that college football playoff. So you're good. Just root against them. And, and that's what I like. So... The number from the 479 said, am I crazy, hoping Texas wins? We said yes. He sends back another text. Thanks for talking yeah, see, to me. You know that. what? That's what we're yeah, here for. Yeah, that, that's how you lo- use the text line right there. Throw a thought out there. We'll tell you if you're crazy. Yeah, okay, Rook, let's run through a few games. Uh, rapid fire. Okay. Uh, Arizona State, Oklahoma State. I'm interested to see how OSU's defense responds. I think they win by 17 over ASU. Uh, I, I think they win. I, I don't think they cover. I think they win by 10. Uh, Baylor at BYU. BYU is actually a favorite, two and a half points. Uh, BYU's top two receivers are out. I thought all week Baylor's going to win. I feel the best about it. The you know, I, I feel better about it now than I have all week. Yep, Baylor wins by 10. Uh, USC at Stanford. Oh, my gosh. I'm picking with my heart the, the here. The fighting Pat Fields is. Stanford by a field goal in a low-scoring game. It's going to be yep. a low-scoring game. I Patrick think Fields Stanford has an wins. interception. Uh, Houston at Tech is interesting. Tech's playing with their backup quarterback, who's Donovan Smith. He's he's a good player, and Tech is still a favorite over 25th-ranked Houston. I like Houston there. I'll take Tech at home. The line. God, there you are just I know, you know, rooting I know, for I'm, your I'm, conference. I, I know. Look I'm at totally, this. This totally guy thinks we need line. Texas Tech to beat Houston in order for us to go to the playoffs. I'll tell you who I'm rooting for tomorrow. Guy. It's 20th-ranked Kentucky at 12th-ranked Florida. That is oh, my yeah. upset special of the week. If Mark Stoops wins this game tomorrow, he will be the all-time winningest head coach at Kentucky history. He will pass Paul Bear 
Bryant. That's a pretty good name. The, uh, yes, yes. So uh, go Kentucky. I say the Cats win by three in the Swamp tomorrow. Absolutely. That's. Uh, I, b- I believe you and I share that upset pick. South Carolina to Arkansas. The Hogs are a nine-point favorite. I think Spencer Rattler is going to have a tough day. Give me the Hogs by 14. Yeah, I, I, I think it's closer than that. I think the Hogs win a close one. Uh, Michigan at, at home against Hawaii, that could be 68 to nothing. Yeah, Hawaii's, uh, Hawaii's bad, really bad, man. Hawaii's bad. But you know what? It would be tough. It would be tough to go to practice in Hawaii. I mean, it's a beautiful spot. Yeah. You know um, where it's not tough to go to practice? Tuscaloosa, Alabama. <laughs> 405-651-3439. couple more segments remaining on this Football Friday. More to come next. Final hour on a football Friday. It is the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Don't forget about our KREF Army tailgate, our pregame shows coming up tomorrow. What time will we start? We'll start at noon, I guess, right? We'll start at noon with uh, Parker Thune. He'll start us off with the uh, the show with two hours from the Hertz Donut parking lot. And then from 2 to 3, we'll have Toby and Teddy from Balfour of Norman. And then from 3 to 5, you'll have Travis Davidson and myself at the Hertz Donut parking lot. Mike Steely will be at uh, he'll be at um, Balfour of Norman as well. So there you go. That's, there's our pregame schedule for postgame. We'll be at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner two hours after the game, so be sure to tune into that as well. Someone got jokes on the text line. They sent a meme that says, Rest in peace, Queen Elizabeth. She was one of the last living people to witness the Dallas Cowboys win a Super Bowl. So someone she, taking a direct shot at me, and that, that's, that's fine. She legitimately was one of the last people that saw Texas A&M win a national championship. Yeah, 1939, last time. When the, she uh, was, what, 13? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's some truth to that. What um, – well, I, before I ask this question, what were the big talking points on Monday um, after game one? The big talking points, the crowd, obviously. Offensive right? line. Offensive line. Uh, uh, kick, the tempo of the offense. Oddly, it was defensive line, but we got six sacks and had nine yeah. tackles for losses. So that, that was interesting. What's going to be the big talking point, the big topic on Monday? Oh, the big topic on Monday is going to be... I think, honestly, it's going to be the defense because I think that a lot of people are going into this thinking, hey, it's time to time to allow single digits, time to get a shutout. But I think he keeps it extremely vanilla to not show his hand and say, hey, we're going to beat you with just fundamentals, good tackling, this, that, and the other. I think they're going to get in some freshmen late. And uh, I, I, think, I think that we were told, oh, Brent Venable's exotic defense is coming. And we're not going to see it because we don't need to see it yet. We need to win ball games. Yeah, I just I think a shutout tomorrow is an unrealistic expectation. I'm not telling you that OU's not going to have a shutout this year. And never get. It's a hard with this offense. It's hard with this offense. Exactly with the pace that they run. And and college football is different than what it was. You know, 20 years ago when Brent Venables was getting shutouts as the co-defensive coordinator. It's harder now to do that. So I think good defense can be played. If you give up 10 points tomorrow, the the thing that I'm looking for is fundamentally, do, do we see fundamentally that they're a good defense once again? I don't know why we wouldn't, but I want to see good tackling again. Uh, consistent uh, rushing the passer, stopping the run like they did a week ago. I think if you can emulate what you did against UTEP and tinker a few things, um, I, 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 I don't – I really see this defense pe- playing well tomorrow. I, they're what? not that – far off from what they were last week and you know playing a pretty good product and at least one of those scores was simply because of penalties if you clean that up sure 
I mean, if if Stutzman closes his hands around that interception, I mean, we're, we don't we don't give up probably that touchdown on that drive. You're looking at 28-3 instead of 21-10. So, I mean, you look at that difference. I mean. Big time. 918 says the, the big topic on Monday, more Braden Willis and the defense, maybe some Barnes scuttlebutt too. You know, we're we're thinking in a blowout game tomorrow, well, that means a lot more Javante Barnes. We're going to see Javante Barnes more in game two than we saw in game I one. I think you see him early. And I and I think it's going to be the case. But I like don't forget about Marcus Major now because when you think of a game like Kent State – you go down the list a little bit and say, yeah, more Javante Barnes. Sure. I think it also means more Marcus Major than what we saw last week as well. Yeah, I think Marcus Major is going to carve himself out a nice role as the red zone back. He's he's strong, runs behind his pads, uh, and, and I think it's a short-yarded situation, um, goal line type runner. I think you see, um, you know, kind of between the 20s, you see Eric Gray, Javante Barnes, but then, man, the last thing you want to see after a, a, a fast drive as you're trying to gain your breath, is number 24 running in from the sideline, all all six foot two twenty of them to come run you over your middle linebacker. I would. Um, we've been talking about this week that you were kind of firmly on one side or the other on which running back. It's it's kind of crazy, like how the fan base is split. You got your Eric Gray guys, you got your Marcus Major people, you've got some that like Javante Barnes more. I hope Eric Gray breaks off the longest run of his career and has a. What, 75-yard touchdown tomorrow? I, I hope he does, and I hope he runs a guy over to do it. Because here's the thing. We are victims of first impressions. It's the same reason the whole fan base apparently hates Justin Broyles. Everybody in the comments, oh, man, what is Justin Broyles doing in there? Look, we're now two defensive coaching staffs that like Justin Broyles. Maybe, just maybe, He's our best option out there. But you know why? Because everybody remembers when he was thrown out there as a freshman in the Peach Bowl against Joe Burrow and company. And, yeah, he got sunned. But that's what any freshman would have done against maybe the best offense in college football history. Rapid fire on the text line, by the way. Will we see more of Jaden Gibson? That's uh, Steven Norman. Yes, I think you'll see him earlier, too. Big topic on Monday. Will Sork survive in Austin after what we witnessed in Austin this past week? Man, that's a good question. I think he survives as long as Arch stays committed. Um, Marcus Major will be the big topic on Monday. Okay, just talked about that. Uh, More Braden Willis in the defense. There's another one of those. Chase in Orange County says, to my favorite app, The Ref, having surgery on Monday and would love to get a shout-out from you guys. Hashtag Boomer. Absolutely. Best of luck with the surgery. Chase, you're here every single day, man. You're here every single day. You send out multiple texts every single day. Appreciate you listening all the way out there on the West Coast. Uh, Best of luck on Monday. Best of luck on Monday, and hopefully we'll catch you on Tuesday. But thank you, as everyone else that texts in every single day. It's, absolutely. It, it, what I always say is the text line is our third co-host. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are part of the show. And we always want to make you feel a part of the show as well. And you got one final opportunity on this Friday before we send it into the weekend. Well, we got pre- and post-game well, coverage yeah, yeah, tomorrow. Of course, of course, of course. But final segment on a Friday. Coming up next, keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Suter fans. This is your home for Suter fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, final segment on this Friday, wrapping it up. Hey, we got high school football on the Ref tonight. KREFsports.tv, smartphone, laptop, smart TV, 
iPad, wherever you can get the internet, you can watch KREFsports.tv. And and do it right now. Like yeah. like like do it right now. Make sure you get your technology working, troubleshoot that kind of stuff. That way when you're ready to watch, boom, ready to go. And I'm not saying high school football game. Like we just have one random game on. Oh, no. no, 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 no. All the Norman schools, all the Moore schools, all the Edmond schools, mixed in Deer Creek as well. Mm-hmm. We've got Edlam tonight. Edlam, Edmond North and Edmond Memorial. Uh, yeah, high school football, nobody does it in the state better than the ref. KREFsports.tv. Text line says, Travis, how much does Union win by tonight? We've got Jinx Union tonight. Uh, oh, boy. Jinx had our number as of late. I, You know, I think we win by three. It's always a good game. Walk-off field goal? You calling it? Yeah. Actually, a walk-off missed field goal that would be to tie it a jinx. I think they miss. There you go. Uh, Justin from Kuwaita says, been texting and listening for a while. I just never think to leave my name. Love the show. You guys are awesome. Boomer. Thank you, Justin and Kuwaita. Appreciate all of our uh, 918 listeners. That's right, man. 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 We've got such a strong following. We're the glue that holds this operation together. Gunny says, Gavin Sawchuk is the dude I'm waiting for. Did he even dress out last week? He did not. He did not. Um, He's... I tell you what, people like speed. He's got it in spades. So yeah, would love to see him get some run. Uh, Jaden Gibson, yes, text line. We'll see more of him. Someone else saying uh, Theo Weiss. You know, that's that's been your guy, man. Yeah, man. And big, he showed great. He showed a great burst after the catch. Big Theo Weiss guy. He's strong. Got great balance. Great hands. He's got everything you need. He's got the measurables. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no reason that that guy shouldn't be playing on Sundays one day. You know, I. The, the new LED lights, we've talked about it all week. It's going to be interesting to see how that's received. But dare I say, possibly the most interesting thing of the entire game tomorrow night is if Stanford takes any sort of a lead and they have this scoreboard update during the middle of the game and they show it. That place, Travis, is going to go bonkers. Do you, re- <laughs> do you remember what maybe in all your days uh, going to OU games, what the most memorable score was? Seeing? Yes, yeah, it was um, It was OU Nebraska is, I think, who OU was playing, and it was that Texas Tech-Texas game in 2008, and they kept updating the score on the ribbon boards. No one was watching um, a score ever, ever in that stadium more than more than that one and of course texas tech won that night so it was a great night right this will be a good one all right we appreciate everyone on this friday for joining us you guys are always a part of the show on the air comfort solutions text line and guess what can't wait to see a lot of you tomorrow at the kref army tailgate hearthstone up parking lot balfour of norman on campus corner we'll have koozies we'll have t-shirts we'll see you there enjoy your friday night we'll see you tomorrow on campus corner You've been listening to The Rush on The Ref. We're the homo fans. I ran my-